Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. We're very excited for you to join us on this adventure, leading not only to the 22-22-22-2022 World Cup. It's really hard for me to say I'm so excited. But also the 2026 World Cup that we are hosting. I'm Jimmy Conrad, alongside two of my favorite U.S. Men's National Team teammates, Charlie Chuck Davies and Hollywood Heath Pierce. And we are going to get after it. Now, not only is this going to be this show, but we're going to be coming to you at least three times a week and around qualifying or any other big games that are happening, it'll be even more. You're not going to get enough of us. We're going to keep coming at you and coming at you and coming at you. But before we go any further and talk about the roster that just dropped and the names that are on this roster and our predictions for who's going to start against Mexico and how everything's going to play out, I want to say hi to Mr. Chuck Wagon himself. What's up, Charlie Davies? What's going on? It's good to be back with y'all officially. Let's go. Let's go. Just dropped. Let's go. Heath Pierce, how are you feeling? I mean, we'll get to that, but I the we got a thumbnail and Charlie's got the whole side pose like executive look. Jimmy, you've got a, a, a at least a collared shirt, and then I just look like an idiot. But uh, so I'm just in. <laughs> no, I think uh, that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. That's the right yeah. branding. I think they at did least, it exactly right. At least we didn't just all go for like the formal headshots. You know what I mean? Like that. Uh, well, actually, that would have been kind of cool. You know, but I'm doing good. Great. Before we take any steps further, uh, I want to make sure that you know that we're celebrating our inaugural episode. We've got a prize to give away. It's a $100 Paramount Plus subscription to a lucky viewer that's watching either on our new YouTube channel on Soccer We Trust or Kegel Lasso. We're doing a dual cast, everybody. And for everybody listening on podcasts, we appreciate you. Hit uh, the subscribe button, leave a five-star review. Or if you're watching, hit like, subscribe, all the good stuff. Leave us comments. Also, leave your handle. That way, if you do win, producer Des is going to pick you. you. You could be the lucky winner that does it. Me, Charlie, and Heath are not allowed to have this, unfortunately. Otherwise, we'd be all over that in the comments. Now, before we get into the roster, we knew one player was definitely going to be there, Serginho Dest. Charlie Davies, I'm coming to you. He limped off for Barcelona today against Galatasaray. He was having a hell of a game. His influence and, and the way that he's really come along under Xavi has been immense. Xavi's even mentioned how well he's been playing. Now, we don't know for sure where he is. We haven't heard much from the Barcelona medical staff, but he seemed like he was going to be a lock starter for us against Mexico. How big of a concern is it for you if he's not going to be available for this? It's a, it's a big concern. You know, it's not the end of the world, though. 
it's not as if, you know, you're we're already missing Weston McKinney. I think Weston plays a huge part of, of just controlling the midfield, being a boss and a presence mm-hmm. box to box. So that's a big miss. Now, Serginho Dest, I think, has turned it around with Barcelona thanks to Xavi putting the pressure on him. I think Danny Alves taking him under his wing. Yeah, so he's one. grown, and I feel like, man, he, this could be his game to really come out and show what he's capable of against Mexico in Azteca Stadium. But I, I, I also have, I think, full belief and confidence in a Reggie Cannon if he had to step in because he's he's played them. He has that experience, and I think he's starting to get now get minutes with Boa Vista. So I'm not that, I guess, worried as as one would be. Okay. Now, DeAndre Yedlin played twice against Mexico over the last year. We won both of those games, both on home soil, though. That needs to be added in. He's got plenty of experience. One of our most capped players in this pool. Reggie Cannon has played in his last 10 games for Boa Vista. No losses, but eight of those have been draws. So take that for what it is. Keith, let's talk to me first about Serginho Dest, and then we'll get into the roster. Uh, first of all, with Reggie Cannon, it's a team sport. So if you're going to hold the draw against him, don't. Uh, but if you're gonna say it's a great thing, then yeah, give him all the credit for it. Uh, we need, <laughs> we need some credit. I'm we need some credit. We need some credit right now. Um, but yeah, it's a huge loss, and it's weird because when you go back to the early early rounds of qualifying, Serginho Dest was the guy that we were saying probably got to sacrifice him, right? If he's not gonna have the final product in the attack, and he's not gonna be a stand up defender, because we know how honest you teams keep you in, in in World Cup qualifying, especially in Concacaf, uh, he might not be the right fit. We've seen a turnaround at, at Barcelona. Obviously, Xavi made those comments and then and then didn't play him when Dani Alves was back, uh, but but is still in the team and in his plans. And any compliment you can get from 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 Xavi and playing at a club like Barcelona, I think, is a huge thing. His confidence seemed to be very very high, and again, was one of my lock starters. One of my one of my guys that I know for sure. You, we don't need to change uh, the formation that we're going to play because we've got a good at least our fullbacks are are strong. This changes things a little bit. I don't think you necessarily go into like formational changes and things like that. But we don't have anybody at his level uh, in this window. Maybe against Mexico, we'll have uh, an exchange for for some more defensive qualities that we can get from from other players in that position that have the experience like Reggie Cannon or, or DeAndre Yedlin. But when you think about the must win against Panama, when you think about just some of the, the games coming up that could be really crucial to have somebody like him that is uh, a game changer. I think that's where we could be uh, wishing he was. He was. He was with us. What I'll add is that he got a piggyback ride from the locker room to the yeah, team bus after that. the game from, from his teammate Gabby, and it makes me wonder. Like, if you had a serious hamstring issue, me and Chuck were talking about this before we came on camera. That would hurt. That would hurt just to kind of move around. So. I feel like that's somewhat of a good sign. He's being playful, and hopefully it is uh, pretty mild. I know that Xavi came out after the game and said, we're thinking it's mild. It's very similar to what Gerard Piquet went through recently. You still want to be cautious. We don't want to push it, but maybe not as serious as everybody might think it is. So that's good. I'm paraphrasing there Xavi. Can I just point out real quick that if there was one person in this new show who I'd want to get a piggyback ride from, it would be Charlie Davies because he's got those quads. Maybe Des can maybe Des can pull a photo from the internet of Charlie's quads. Just, he does. Jimmy, he could carry both of us. Maybe. He, he probably could. He's got, he's, got, he's got quadzillas. <laughs> is all, I to say. I gonna, all right, uh, let's take a look at the roster. Nobody's going to want to have me up on Chuck, I'm going to come to you. Any big surprises for you overall? When I'm looking at the goalkeepers for, first, Horvath obviously getting a lot of time for Forrest, only giving up two goals in his last five games, but – his competition might be angling to get back into the team. They're saying that Bryce Samba, the player that he replaced in goal for Forrest, has better distribution skills. I saw a big article from one of their top fans going that, yes, we like that Horvath is growing into the position, but Samba can actually pass better out of the back. When you think about Mexico, you think about some of these teams, it does help when Stefan can get out there 
and knock the ball around. Now, Zach Steffen, speaking of him, on the bench for the first time since February 9th, he played last February 5th against, uh, against Fulham, I think, in the FA Cup. And it's been, it's been, I don't know exactly what his injury is, back spasms or something, but he's back. He's on the bench against Crystal Palace. That's good news. And then Sean Johnson, obviously, superb in the MLS Cup playoffs last year, continuing that fine form outside of giving up four goals to Comunicaciones in the CONCACAF Champions League in Guatemala earlier this week. Anything else that stands out for you? I'm going to goalkeepers first. We can maybe go line by line. What are you yeah, thinking I mean, about the goalkeepers? Let's do that first. Chuck, what are you thinking? If I'm looking at the goalkeepers, I'm, I'm excited for Ethan Horvath because I think we all saw what he means to the team, how everyone likes him. He comes up big in the Nations League final against Mexico. Yeah. So for him to come in to this uh, round of qualifying, five matches unbeaten, three clean sheets, uh, only two goals against, you like that. He's confident, and he's already done it against Mexico. So I think everyone will be fine. But Zach Steffen, he's your leader. So to have him back, mm-hmm. and his, whether he's playing or not at Man City, obviously you'd like to him for him to be playing consistently because he's going to be in form. But he's your leader. You expect for him to step up, whether he's playing at City or not. He's still getting you know, chances in training. You feel like he'll be good enough to get the job done, right? It's going to be a difficult task regardless playing at Mexico. Uh, I'd say – the you know center back no real surprises for me left back right back no real surprises for me uh you know in the midfield Weston McKinney was injured so I don't think right. there was any real surprises there for me I think most people will be surprised that Josh Sargent is not in this in this group of players for me he's not going to play right so you wouldn't necessarily call him in as a striker you you're going to go with just two and I like that they brought in Jordan Pifuk the guy is scoring goals. Yeah. Right? At the end of the day, yes, he might not be the most mobile for in terms of pace and acceleration, but what he is good at, for and what no other, I think, striker necessarily possesses the way he does is just being a big presence in the box, target striker, and just a finisher. So have him in the box and have all your wingers and, and midfielders move around him. Just keep right. him in the box. You don't need him necessarily to drop deep and dribble players. Be Just be your pivot. Uh, so for me, Sergeant. Last six matches, one assist, five out of the six matches playing as a right winger. Right. And uh, to go with that, six L's, right, as a team. So for me, that's just not enough. I love <laughs> yeah, that. Not, not enough W's, Chuck. Not enough W's for Chuck, everybody. He, he needs to see more W's <laughs> in his life. So so Heath, out of this one, Slonina, who has been red hot for the Chicago Fire, the 17-year-old goalkeeper, three clean mm-hmm. sheets in three games. He's not in. Matt Turner got some frostbite foot issues. I don't know exactly, but he's out. Uh, no Brooks Lennon, no McKenzie, no Chris Richards, no Leggett, no McKenney, no Zardis. But in, we got Horvath, as Chuck said. We got Aaron Long coming back into the team. Eric Palmer-Brown doing very well for Trois, uh, especially in the last couple of weeks in Ligue 1, getting them out of the relegation zone. You got uh, Eric Palmer-Brown, excuse me. You got James Sands playing for Rangers, getting back into the team. Busio, who's been a little bit in and out with Venezia. He's back in. Jordan Pifolk, as Chuck also mentioned, is into the team. He's the hot hand. And Gio Reyna, who just came off and had the game-winning assist against Mainz, uh, I think it was Mainz or Cologne for Borussia Dortmund's last 20 minutes. Looks like he's back and in full health. Any big surprises for you when you look at this roster? Uh, not huge surprises. I mean, it, it's it's a little bit alarming to me that James Sands got called in. If you're if you're going basing it on merit, he he hasn't played much. He plays a lot of their cup matches. He plays Europa League, which is valuable, but he doesn't play in the league. He's only played two league games, uh, I believe, if, if my if my stats are right for Rangers. Um, 
but I do like him as a player. He's, he's a player that I actually really liked and wish that he would have had a larger impact along the way, just because he is a calm presence. He's very good on the ball. He's comfortable with the ball at his feet. And uh, I can't always say that about uh, all of our defenders, quite frankly. I know he plays was playing as sort of the a midfielder for NYCFC and then as a center back for, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the national team. And so, but I like, I like his footwork. The, the reason I brought that up is because Cameron Carter Vickers continues to play regularly and all the time, but hasn't gotten a sniff. Uh, so that was one that I thought, okay, yeah. in a bind, Can maybe. I, let me jump in here really quick, because you feel like with the addition of Sands, with the addition of Aaron Long, who we know this is Greg Berhalter favorite, he's coming back into form and good health. And as he comes back from a serious Achilles injury, and then now Eric Palmer Brown, that signals the end of their national team careers for John Brooks, for Tim Ream, for Carter Vickers. I mean, it feels like yeah. if you're not going to be involved in this, are you going to bring back guys? Maybe Carter Vickers could come over the summer, but Ream and Brooks, I feel yeah, like we you also, know what they're about. What do you think? We also have no Mark McKenzie, which I think was an indicator of he got a, he, you know, he got a little, he, he did, he's, he's always been put into the toughest situations and now his club situation continues to not be ideal. And Greg made the call eventually to not bring him in uh, to this camp, which mm-hmm. is going to be tough for him, but he's not playing. Uh, but again, when you look across the board, you're like, James Sands, he's playing some, not playing all the time, but I like James Sands because of his age. I like the upside that he could have. This could be a very valuable one, but we're not really measuring the future in this camp. This is about going and qualifying for a World Cup, right? You go back to the horrors of 2018 and the fact of like, is it the right group? Do they, ju- they just need a point in, the, in, the, in their final game? Do we have the right group that knows what they're doing, right? Don't and when I, when I, don't no, I know. I mean, this is, <laughs> no, this is, Come Charlie, on, this he, is the reality of the situation on. we're in. We haven't qualified yet. We're not there, but we know the clear pathway to qualify in these three games, right? We know right. exactly what we need from the Mexico game. We know really what we need against Panama. And then Costa Rica, we'll see uh, what, what it, how it presents itself at that point. But uh, overall, I think it's still one of the strongest rosters. I'm super happy that Giorena's back in. Obviously, we still got a number of injured players. Sebastian Legette was one that I thought started the season very well and, and thought that he could have a role. Charlie would love your take on that. Jimmy, you've obviously known the stats of, of, of Sebastian Legette so far, but you know, knowing that he's, a, he's in New England now, um, what you might or might not see or what Greg Berhalter might have decided against that, especially considering the fact that he was a crucial part of a couple of years of Greg Berhalter before Weston McKinney emerged as, as the Weston McKinney that we know and was a two-way midfielder in many of those games, providing a number of goals and assists. Yes, not in qualifiers. Yes, not in the big games, but during a, a very important part of, of, of uh, Greg Berhalter's phase. Okay, before we get to Chuck, because I want to hear your thoughts on Legette and anything happening with the New England Revolution, and I'm still bitter they lost in the CONCACAF Champions League last night. They're having a three-goal lead against Pumas. Got to have some better in-game management, Bruce Serena and the team. And Charlie. I know they're missing some key players. But I do want to remind everybody, everybody, got to remind everybody, hit like, hit subscribe, turn on the notifications, and make sure if you're on the Kegelasso pod YouTube channel, come over to In Soccer We Trust. If you're listening on podcast forum, Make sure you uh, subscribe and leave a five-star review. This is us playing the game. We want to play the game so we can continue to give you guys more and more of this amazing content on a regular basis. Now, Chuck, I'm coming to you. And keep those comments coming, everybody. And if you want to hit us up on the Twitter, in Soccer We Trust is the handle. ISWT Pod is the handle. Go hit us up on Twitter. Chuck, let's talk about Legettes and maybe the midfield overall. You got Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Busio De La Torre from Heracles, Yunus Musa, Christian Roldan, but no Sebastian Legette. Were you surprised given, as Heath mentioned, his long history with Greg Berhalter? Uh, I'm a little surprised. 
I, you know, I think what Sebastian Legit has done with the revolution so far, for me, he seems like he's more encouraged to go forward and to use his creativity, where I think it, with the Galaxy, it was limited because you were expected to either get it to Slatan Ibrahimovic or to find <laughs> Chicharito, right? And and it was very direct, whereas the revolution, he can kind of go side to side. You have Carlos Heel there, you have Gustavo Bo and Adam Buxo. So it's kind of just figuring out how do they play and how do you fit in the system? I think he's free to just really play his game. And I think I like how he's progressed. But the revolution, man, they blew that just because Dude. of just not having enough, right? Just you have a three-goal lead. You know they're going to be ultra-aggressive. You talked about it before the game. So prepare for the counter. Prepare to to go on the attack at times, too, because they're going to throw numbers forward. They yep. have chances. They Dude, just Bruce, Bruce Serena, I love Bruce Serena. Listen, he took me to a World Cup. I'm going to love that guy for life. But but he said before the game, we don't need to score goals. Pumas does. <laughs> and Pumas did. And Revs didn't. And they lost in penalties. Yeah. Now, Bruce is the best. He gives some of the best one-liners and press conferences out there. And I really appreciate what he's about. Most successful coach in MLS history and for the U.S. men's national team and for good reason. For, for He's such a great man-manager. But I don't think he got it right. And the guys didn't perform. Obviously, not executing at a high level. It's like they didn't have a plan B once plan A didn't work. You know, and and I guess we're kind of getting like off. 2018. Off. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. There is, and now Heath's bringing up old stuff again. <laughs> Listen, Heath, we're trying <laughs> to. <laughs> you know, I, 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 so, so let's talk about this midfield then. Yeah. Who do yeah. you start? And I'm going to come back to you, Chuck, very quickly. Who do you yeah. start against Mexico in this midfield? Do you do you bring in someone possession based like Busio or De La Torre to partner with Tyler Adams and Yunus Musa? Do you just leave Tyler Adams out of it because if he gets another yellow card, then he missed the Panama game and put Acosta there instead? Keith has come on, and we've talked before on the, the U.S. Men's National Team Hour about how Acosta and Adams don't necessarily always play well together, kind of because they're occupying the same space, looking for the same types of things. Who do you go with in this one? Because you could go Acosta, Adams, and Musa and really lock it down against a very good Mexico team. You Chuck, is me? that? Is it Charlie? Oh, I, I thought it was yeah. uh, Heath. No, 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 Charlie, Charlie, you go ahead. Charlie, you take okay. it first. Sorry, I just ramble and then I forget who I pointed to. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, part of my charm. He said, one, yeah. <laughs> one, you, you, for me, you go for the win, right? You're you're not playing this game to to just, you know, hopefully draw or lose. You're going for the win. This Mexico team is very vulnerable. This isn't the Mexican team, Mexican teams of, of old where you're just hoping to stay in the game. You, you can win this game. And if you win this game, it sets you up perfectly for the rest of uh, the, the two matches left. So I think for me, you start – you have to start Tyler Adams. You, you okay. Start okay. Um, I like what I've seen from Kellen Acosta against this type of opponent. I think you play him. He has a ton of experience. He's done well against Mexico. Play him. And then I, I think the, the decision for Greg Berhalter is do you go with, uh, or and then you play Yunus Musa. I think that's mm -hmm, what you mm -hmm, go mm -hmm. with. Those are your three. And then you allow whether, who your two wingers are. I think Timothy Weah probably goes just because Gio Reyna is still getting back mm -hmm. and then Christian Pulisic on the other wing and then you play Pifoco up top, up top and you use you know Timothy Weah to try and get in behind use his pace Christian Pulisic you you tell him hey stay on the left use the width get in behind mm -hmm. and then come mm -hmm. inside when you get into the final third but until then stay wide try and get isolated and Jordan Pifoco I don't want to see you drop back you stay high you be the guy who we can launch the ball up to, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. hold it up, and you bring guys into the attack. For me, that's how you play this game. 
Now, okay. if Gio Reyna does feel 100%, maybe you figure out a way to, to get him in, incorporated in the front three. But I think that's probably what we'll see. Okay. No, I like that. How about you, Heath? What are you saying with the midfields with regard to what do you go with? Because there is some value, I would say, to having a De La Torre or a Busio that can maybe help you transition from defense to attack. Whereas, not to say Acosta can't do it, but he's not as smooth or as clean as I'd say those other two players are. And I think Yunus Musa and Adams. Well, the thing is, a lot of people in the chat and comments are saying, no way you risk Adams against Mexico because we, we got to have him for Panama. Where are you on, on who that middle three should be? I mean, that's tough. I certainly think that having uh, Musa Adams and Acosta, MAA, is it now? MAA? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, MAA, <laughs> uh, AMA. Uh, like, I think that in itself is, is, is solid. I think you have to be able to have that hard conversation with Adams of saying, hey, they're going to target you. They're going to go after you. If, if you can't handle yourself in that, like, number one priority is we need you for that Panama game for sure. Um, I don't like when Musa, I mean, when, when Adams and, and um, Acosta play together, I think they're duplicative. I think that they sort of offset each other. They get into each other's way a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when I think about the fact that you're going to have to win the ground game, you're going to have to earn the right to play against Mexico. You're going to have to scrap and battle and chase players down and get caught up in the emotion of, of, of winning space on the field. You definitely want Adams and you definitely want Acosta because they're going to do that. I think, I think Acosta and, and Musa are my two sure starters for sure. Adams is one that I worry about for yellow cards because of the fact that I'm saying you got to go and you earn, you fight and whatever, that it's easy to get caught up in that and that could lead to a yellow card at some point in the game. I just worry about from there, if, if you don't have an Adams, who else is fighting, right? Busio, yeah, he's shown a little bit over time no. with Greg to, to have a little bit more emphasis on, on the fight. He hasn't strapping. played enough, though. He's played like twice in the last it, month. You know, he's, and, he's, and he doesn't cover ground like like Tyler. If you got to think about that. I think you play with two sixes in this match. Yeah. So so there's some comments, and we're seeing them. Like, there's no way that I think this is Heath's burner account that you play Acosta and Adams together. You know, he's he's, <laughs> he's talking and typing at the same time. Yeah. Really, really talented there, Heath. Multitasker extraordinaire. But then there's one from Greg who says. Uh, that Charlie, we love. I loved you as a player, great goal scorer. But please do not pick up, pick the lineup. LOL. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Charlie, in hot, listen, by the way, strikers, I love that. Strikers, strikers don't know what they're talking about. Charlie. Let's be honest. Typically, hey, typically Jimmy, I'm spot on. That's all I'm yeah, going to say. Yeah. Typically, rarely I'm I'm I, wrong, but mostly I'm right. Jimmy, what's, I mean, Jimmy, what's your? I mean, you don't get well, to just host and walk your no, way out of, of course. picking a lineup. Oh, no, you know I love straddling the fence. <laughs> I think there's something to be said for having a player in midfield that can that can provide a little bit something different than the other option. So, so for instance, if you go Tyler Adams, obviously he covers a ton of ground, as Chuck said, and, and he's just an animal, right? He's an emotional leader. He's a captain for a reason. Yellow because card. He, well, yeah, that's the thing that makes me, but, but that's something he can control. I think we're not worried about him. I don't know. You can get, you can get duped into yellow cards. I, I shouldn't talk. I used to get a whole bunch of those. This but is Mexico, Jimmy. I get you it. Don't think I get, Mexico's gonna go into that. I mean, yeah. Of course they like, are. You don't think there's going to be are. some gamesmanship to be bless, like, no, let's see if we, can, way, yeah. dude. Yes, see if we can get this ref a little wound up on uh, a few challenges from Tyler Adams. Okay. So, so, but I think you go with Adams or Acosta mm -hmm. and then you have Musa who is very good at running with the ball in mm -hmm. transition, breaking the lines with running with the ball. And then you bring on a De La Torre who can actually pass and break the lines through passing. And now you've got like this really nice balanced team. Now the counter to that is, and something that I had already said, CBS wanted me to do a little reel about my, my, who of I think my starting lineup would be. I went with Acosta and Adams and, and Musa because it just felt more safe and conservative. And I feel like that's what Greg's, 
going to do. They don't want to concede a lot of space. And we've seen Greg make some changes at halftime that have actually really worked. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at Honduras away from home, you know, where, where all of a sudden maybe it wasn't working the first half, but we survived it. And then we made some, some changes at halftime, and then we kind of kicked on from there. We are a second-half team. That's been proven in multiple competitions and throughout a lot of this qualifying phase that we're much better in the second half, I think, when we can make those little adjustments or bring on a different player to change the game for us or a super sub Pulisic stands out against Mexico at home in Cincinnati in particular. So I could see us being somewhat conservative in that first half, kind of getting a feeler what's going to happen. But um, I, I think, I don't know. I like the balance though of having a guy that can pass out of trouble, guy that can run out of trouble and one that just really locks down that space in front of the back four. But, if, but if, Chuck, go ahead. If you're going to be aggressive, then I would say you play Adams as a six, Musa being that, that, kind of in between who can mm -hmm. dribble out of pressure. And then you have one creative playmaker and that you throw in Gio Reyna. You could. That's then, true. And you could play in a, Oh, why can't Aronson be be in that? He plays that at the club level a lot. Yeah, but he could. I wouldn't play Aronson over Gio Reyna if they're both uh, fit and, and fully, you know, ready to go. Would would you start Aronson over Gio Reyna? And that No, but but I, I still think given the context of like fully fit versus being able to play like fully fit versus 90 minutes fit or 60 minutes fit. Right. Um, I still I still think about like Gio Reyna, like how can I get Gio Reyna as connected to our attack as possible? Because yeah, right, when he's right. stuck out and isolated on the wings and stuff, he's not great. When he's yeah. connected, one and two touches spinning off the shoulders of of players around him. That's where I really like him. Yeah. That's why I like him in that 10 spot, Charlie. Right. I actually I actually really like that. Um, just trying to think because, you know, we're speaking about that midfield three and and sort of how they cover ground and fight and whatever. But you're you're right in the fact that we do need. We're probably going to have to take some risks at some point too. We're we're thinking in the in the and through the lens of like old school Mexico sellout Azteca, where we're bunkered in, having to you know Mexico has the ball all the time. Mexico haven't dominated teams with possession in the way that they have historically. Right? They they are vulnerable. We could have runs of play where we we where we have some possession even away from home. When normally it's sort of like a little more like. The, the second half of Nations League final where we're just, they're going side to side and we're just going, gosh, please don't, please don't score. Please don't score. Please don't score. And we just hope, end up getting points out of it or winning, winning that, that trophy. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I know I, I kind of hijacked that a little bit there, but like, I'm not <laughs> against, I'm not against Gio Reyna uh, in that spot for sure. But Gio Reyna also doesn't track back. Gio Reyna doesn't like to press. Well, uh, I don't like when our best attacking options waste any time or energy playing defense now i don't mind if they help kind of shape the play to a certain area but yeah i get it i get why he doesn't want to track back i mean you want to save that energy for going forward and we're going to need it because we need that change of speed i think in particular to get past any of these how opponents how, that we're playing up next. how many tens defend like really to be honest how many tens exist like anymore also like, true okay. honest, like you know but because you Carlos have to defend Kaley. now well i mean the thing is is, is, is teams now the game is technical enough and fast enough now that whether you're playing honduras or whatever when the U.S. national team arrives late to press, and I'm not saying we should press, but if you have one person that doesn't press, teams will break your lines constantly. They will break through you, and when the U.S. is disconnected in their press, people break through them. And that is a lot of extra work that now is are going to have to go on our double pivots or on our back line to have to recover and other players around the field that if you're going to have uh, at least a cohesive press or have a higher pressing game, which Greg Berhalter likes to do, then you at least have to have somewhat of an honest press for your first three, or at least make the game predictable or the triggers predictable so people know where the ball is going. No, that's fair. I like that insight a lot. Dan Kane, oh, what's up, Dan Kane? Says, I would start a 10 before I would even 
have Tyler Adams dressed for this game. That's how important the Panama game is. So I appreciate you and your support, Dan Kane. And speaking of Dan Kane and his support, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button, especially if you're here from the Kego Lasso pod channel. Make sure you subscribe over to here in Soccer We Trust. We're coming to you three times a week with your three favorite former national team players, Charlie Davies, Heath Pierce, and myself, Jimmy Conrad, as we break down all the actions surrounding the U.S. men's national team women's national team, youth national team, any big news that's happening around U.S. soccer, we're going to cover it here. And we're coming to you at least, at least three times a week. And because this is our first ever episode, we have a gift for everybody. So make sure you leave your handle, Instagram handle or Twitter, in the comments section so that you can win a $100 Paramount Plus subscription. Yeah, I said it. Go make that happen right now. Get those likes going. Hit those subscribe buttons. And then, of course, leave us some comments. If you're listening to this, Next time you know that if you see us go live and make sure you follow us on Twitter, ISWT pod on Twitter, then you'll know when we go live and you'll have a chance to win a sweet gift in the future. Hopefully we'll have some sweet merch. I really like our branding and of course uh, the thumbnail that we got as well that he's still crying about, or I know he's crying inside about. Now I know I started everybody with the central midfield and I feel like, well, that's the cliche, right? Games are won or lost in the midfield. I feel like we've kind of got that figured out, but I kind of want to hear from everybody that's watching and or listening. Hit us up again, ISWT pod on Twitter. Do you start Tyler Adams in this game, knowing that if he gets one more yellow card, he misses the Panama game. Charlie, I'm going to start with you. Yes or no? Yes. Start Tyler Adams. Heath Pierce. Yes or no? Tyler Adams. Mm, Damn it. Uh, Oh gosh. Yes. Yes. Jimmy, you you I, I, I think, I think on, you have guys. to start. You have How to start. Yes. You play your you best go for players. the win. You play your best players. I, I, the, yeah. The, 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 by the way, I, I talked to Anibal Godoy from Panama, and I kept trying to get him to talk about the U.S. game, and he <laughs> was like, the first game matters the most, right? They play against Honduras. Panama plays against Honduras, and I, and I, and I keep thinking to myself, like, I should be thinking the same. We should be thinking the same against Mexico. As Charlie said, we should be trying to win against Mexico, not thinking about, like, whatever happens here, we're going to go and win against Panama. A win against Mexico propels us to whatever ends up happening against Panama. And I, and I, and so I agree with that. Tyler Adams starts for me. So, so what I'd say, though, is he's got to be very disciplined on the emotional side of it because it's very easy to get wound up, especially against the Mexico team that likes to keep possession that all of a sudden, if they have possession at Azteca, you're going to get a lot of Olays, and that's going to get you all fired up. We used to, you know, we used to turn red every once in a while, want to go two foot somebody when we're not having control of the game. And Mexico is very good at controlling the game. It's kind of, it's kind of turn, it's kind of back and forth though in the in the in the comments section of yes, we should af- absolutely have to play him, and no, what are we even thinking? You don't you don't have any change in your mind, Chuck. You you got to play him 100. percent 100, percent Jimmy. If you're in the same position, okay, you're the starting center back. You're playing well. You're you're the guy, and all of a sudden you have a yellow, and it comes to the coach comes to you and says, "Do you think I can trust you to play this game? Do you do you think I should bench you for this one and, and hope for the next one?" <laughs> I, hope like, that he, I hope yeah. you ask me. Actually, it I don't think he like, asked yeah, me. But no, go that ahead. sounds yeah. like a great idea. I, I can't control myself. Like, I don't <laughs> trust myself. Or you're gonna say, "All right, all right." Right? Like, what are we talking about? Play your no, best you're players. Right. Yeah, but, if we beat right. Mexico. Oh. Guys, all I think about is Charlie. uh, Charlie, all I think about is Tyler Adams tracking a guy to the sideline. That guy spins out, and Tyler Adams just leaves his legs out for one time. I know, know, capable of. That's That's the point of chasing somebody down is that if they spin out on you, you gotta kick them. You you wouldn't trust yourself. No, I, I I mean, I don't trust myself on this show, let alone on on (laughs) on a field. Uh, But yeah, I I think you have to because again, you can't. It's a really bad, I think it's bad juju. I think it's bad trust to think about the game after when you have a game at hand 
against a team where there are points possible. You can get all three points. The Azteca, you're playing in March. You're playing in uh, you're playing in a half-capacity stadium. You don't have the same uh, in, uh, humidity. You don't have the same heat. You don't have, like, the opportunity is there. So play Tyler, Tyler Adams. Trust him. If he, if he burns you, uh, you know, I still like our, our, our second best 11 to, to, to get the result against Panama. And so Absolutely. does Chad North. He says, yes, play Adams, win this game. If Adams picks up the yellow, then we just need to beat Panama without him. And, and honestly, we should be able to beat Panama at home. I mean, if that's what it means for us to go to a World Cup, then guys need to step up and make yep. that happen. All right, everybody, we're going to take a very quick break. But when we return, it's going to be very quick, don't worry. We're going to talk about who we think should start up top against Mexico, our front three, and of course, our back four, and then we'll get to our goalkeeper. So don't go anywhere. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to <laughs> In Soccer We Trust, <laughs> oh, new podcast from CBS Sports. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Davies and Heath Pierce. And I know that if you're listening to this, well, you're missing out because we got a nice photo of Charlie Davies's quads right now. Look at those quadzillas. Oh, my Man, goodness. You still Charlie. working out, Charlie? What's going on? Jeez no, Louise. No, not, not like the olden days, um, but I, I still got some quads on me. Yeah, I'll take a I'll take a I'll take a free ride with an with a hamstring injury from Charlie any day of the week, man. That's amazing. All right, let's talk about the front three. Let's go from the middle, which is I think the engine of any team, of course, and then we we'll go up to the front three. And Heath, I'm going to let you start this time. Who do you start now? I want to make sure that I remind you that when we talked about up the front three for us before, that we kind of almost agreed that Brendan Aronson and Christian Pulisic maybe are duplicative as you like to say a word i think you made up but i'm just going to keep no, repeating it anyway to make it's sure not, it's not i i've gotten that word wrong so many times that i know that's right okay good okay so that's a real word now if Gio Reyna is healthy if you don't put him in the 10 spot would you consider him as more of a inverted winger or as greg berhalter likes to say a double 10 that plays underneath our number 9 spot who who are you going with let's start with our wingers first and then get to your number 9 <sighs> Here's the thing is the U.S. has started so poorly in every game in terms of scoring goals and scoring in first halves that I'm not worried about starting Gio Reyna. I'm actually happy to bring him in when the game opens up a little bit, knowing that he hasn't been in in a while Yeah, and, and could come in. Same with Brendan Aronson. Like, I, I like even Christian Pulisic when he was coming back. I like the ideas. We very rarely just sort of outside of like what it was Jamaica in the first half at home in, in Austin where we really sort of controlled the flow of play, created opportunities and. And that sort of thing, even though we weren't really, you know, making a lot out of out of it. So for me, just the starting team is just more about the balance of 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 the squad and 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 who's going to be able to. I, of course, I've got mm. Christian Pulisic on on one side. When I'm thinking about who our lone striker is, I still like the idea of Jordan Pifok 
Maybe we get it really wrong and he doesn't touch the ball at all. But I, again, I go back to our generations and, and that probably spans, I don't know, fi- 15 years or something like that. I thought you were going to say 50. I'm like, I'm not no, that old. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, no, let's, let's say, let's say it spans like 11 years, but each of us had a generation of a striker that was willing to scrap and fight like right Char- charlie charlie at his best had a number of different tools not only would scrap for fight but he also you know would chase the ball and kind of do did a lot of that other work that some of these other strikers didn't but when i think about brian mcbride brian ching when i think about connor casey when i think about a number of these guys target strikers relieve pressure draw good fouls so kellen acosta can get his foot on the ball to get you set pieces in good spots if you're not playing well all those kinds of things i think about a jordan pfuck of being in and around the box being busy occupying the center backs, those types of things. I just want him there. And then on, on my wing side, uh, on the other wing, I don't know if I, if I, I like Timothy way. It hasn't been getting the minutes that I wish that he would have, but in the national team, he seems to come to life and has a little bit of that swag right now. And hopefully that carries on. Sometimes it doesn't over a, over a month, month gap, but him being able to just stretch a team, knowing that a long lumped ball over the top might be something we get out of it. The old Charlie Davies style of pressure and chase, <laughs> tra- chase anything. Cause something could come of it. I like that. It unfortunately means that I leave Brendan Aronson off of that. But again, Brendan Aronson being the busy bee that he can be later in games when the game is a little bit more open and there's it's pr- a little more predictable for him of where he can have his impact. I like bringing him off the bench as well as Gio Reyna. No, that's that's a good shout. I, I, I like it. And we're seeing a lot of comments as well about PFOC and then Wea and Pulisic on, on either side. Now, speaking about all these games, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that if you want to, and if you live in L.A., Kansas City, or New York City, on March 24th, I'm going to start with this game, Mexico versus the U.S., it's going to be a one-of-a-kind soccer watch party that's immersed, of course, in the unique culture of this incredible rivalry. It's going to be featuring ex- exclusive merchandise and free food and beverage, which means I'm definitely going to try to go, giveaways, interactive games, and more. And it's all being presented by Paramount+. Plus. Here is some of the information on our screen. But if you are just listening to this, go to www w that's a lot of w's dots mex us watch to rsvp it's free so you can make it happen so if you live in la kansas city or new york city and you want a place to go hang out with some people that want to see a great game between two great teams and one of the best rivalries in all of sports go make that happen again the website is www.mexuswatchparties.com to rsvp all right everybody I have heard from Hollywood Heath Pierce. Let's turn it over to Charlie Davies. Who is your starting front three for this game against Mexico, Chuck? I think you go with Christian Pulisic on the left. You go with Jordan Pifok up top. And you go with Timothy Weah uh, as your right winger. You bring in Gio Reyna. Because I don't think he's necessarily ready to start a match. You know, he just got back into it. Off for a long time. Came back. Also had another a, a nagging hamstring. Now he's back. But you got to ease him in. I would like to see him start against Panama, and so he'll get some minutes in this game against uh, Mexico. But I don't think he's ready to start, and that's a player you don't risk. That it's a different coming off when you're when you're I think choosing between a yellow card versus mm-hmm. an injury. Right? He needs a little bit more time, so I think you you bring him in uh, in the second half in this match. But you you need a little bit of pace, right? And I'm th- I'm thinking about counterattacks. I'm thinking about runs. That's what Timothy Wea brings you and, mm-hmm. and offers you. And I don't think necessarily too many other players do, other than Jordan Morris. But I think Jordan Morris is not where he needs to be yet, as far as fitness and form. So I think that's who you go with. 
Uh, Brent Aronson is another option to come off the bench because he, he is busy. He'll get on the ball. Yes. But I think in this match, you need a little bit more force going forward. And I think that's what Timothy Wade gives you. And then Christian Pulisic, he, he's back to being the man, right? At, at yeah, Chelsea, he is. Right? Good form. I think he understands now less is more with this group of players because he's always felt, I have to do it all. I got to be the guy. Then he's taking on two, three, coming into the midfield with the ball and gets hammered. Now, hey, just get isolated. Wait, wait for the ball to come to you. Don't go searching for the ball because I feel like that's what he's always doing. I got to go get it. I got to go get it. Now it's just wait your chance. And then when it comes, you make it count. So I like this group a lot. I think they have what it takes to go down there and get three points. And as course, I do think it's going to be extremely difficult. And it's all about the tactical adjustments within the game. But this is a winnable game. So I know a lot of people say, hey, rest everybody and then bring it all for the Panama game. It doesn't work like that. Set the tone from the first match. If yeah. you come away with a point in Azteca, you're going to be all that much better and more confident heading into Panama. How about no, you, Jimmy? How about you? No, no, don't, what I'm going to say is this. I'm not, Charlie and I are, not, are uh, you guys are doing great. Coach. We're on the same page right now. I'm, I'm heading, I'm, 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 my, my head is nodding uh, quite feverish. Like, yes, yes, uh-huh, I agree with you guys. I, I like the starting lineup. I think what's important about Timo Weah is that he has shown more than most of our players in our pool about getting to the end line or getting close to it and getting crosses off. And if you're going to start a Jordan Pifok, then he needs service. That's a lot of the goals that you see him score for young boys in Swiss League, who, by the way, he's leading the golden boot race in Switzerland by three goals. He's in that type of form. Is that he gets a lot of service. They play to his strengths. Now, if we're going to be that team that tries to be perfect and be cute, you know, at the, the top of the box, and Mexico's just absorbing the pressure, which I don't see too much. They like to press us a little bit. But if we're not whipping in balls for allowing him to get into good spots to get his head on it or whatever it may be, then then we're not we're not starting the right guy. And so that has to be taken into consideration. And I initially thought maybe Brendan Aronson and Pulisic would be the two guys are playing a little bit more. I think they're sharper than, than Timo Weah, unfortunately, who isn't playing as much for Lille. I thought he was going to get the start this past uh, game against Chelsea because Ronaldo Sanchez was hurt. He didn't get the start. And then when he came on, he was unfortunate to be marked as Villaqueta at the back post. Uh, when they ended up scoring uh, that goal, that's not going to help his confidence. Whether that's his responsibility or not, there's always a whole bunch of mistakes uh, when a goal is scored, not just isolated on one person. But I think it impacts his confidence, and he hasn't scored yet for Lille this season. And, and even though he plays better for the U.S., and I think he's a lot more comfortable and feels more confident when he puts on our jersey, that still makes me – or gives me some pause. So that's going to be important. Christian Pulisic, if he does get to the – if he starts on the left – and cuts in on his right. You know, he's not looking to hit crosses. He's looking to combine and in hit shots from distance or, or curl it to the back post or whatever it may be. If he does get to the end line on his left foot, he's usually trying to find that little cutback to the, you know, he's just trying to hit nice and hard and low. Not to say that people can't get there, but it's just different than getting that service that you know is going to be in the air, that you can go attack the ball. These are the things that I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about who would who should start or who will start. I don't think Gio Reyna might be the guy yet to to start yet. I, I, maybe I think you bring him on at halftime or you just see how the game's going, like I said before, about the midfield. If you want to make some changes, you try something and then go from there if you want to be conservative to start. And as the game opens up, I like Brendan Aronson as a super sub. I like that shout a lot. So it's changed my mind with regard to who you start. I like Pulisic. I like Jordan Pifok. And I like Timo Weah. I, I do think that he has been the most consistent in getting and, and causing trouble. And, and to both of your points, he, he provides some verticality for us. So so he does have a tendency that if PFOC does want to drop into midfield to go get the ball, that at least Timo Weah is going to get in behind. Pulisic can do it too, but to Chuck's point, he seems like he wants to get around the ball so much he drops almost too deep at times 
to go get it because he just wants to get touches. And I understand that. He, he feels like he has that responsibility on his yeah. back. Uh-oh. But it's, it's really interesting. Keep those comments coming, by the way. We had some really uh, good comments in the chat. And one more thing I want to add before I throw it to Heath. Yeah. We are trying to give it. We are trying to give away a hundred dollar gift card to Paramount Plus, and nobody's leaving their handles, Instagram or Twitter handles, in the chat, so you have a chance to win this. If only one person does it, then congratulations to you. Uh-huh. You're going to be the winner. But we're hoping that others do it as well. So hit like, hit subscribe, drop your handles in the comment section, so you have a chance to win this hundred dollar Paramount Plus subscription all right Heath Pierce what do you yeah. want to say yeah what I was going to say is uh, well one I got attacked by somebody in the comments saying that I I'm always mad when when uh Gio Reyna starts over over um I think it was Gio Reyna they were talking about over um Brendan Aronson I actually uh, Brendan Aronson's not in my best 11 right now for this national team he was early on when he was the spark and something different people didn't figure him out and then he hit a little bit of a lull so I'm not I'm not hot on him being a starter in the team what I'm hot on with his with him is just his energy, I think, makes the game more predictable when we press, when we do things. But Timo Weah also has that. The thing about Timo Weah, he might not have a final product that's fantastic in terms of his crossing. Jimmy, you talk about those low crosses to the near post, things like that. But generally, what come out of a low cross to the near post is a corner kick. And the corner kick puts the ball on Kellen Acosta's foot. And the more the ball's on Kellen Acosta's foot that we've seen, the more you're going to get the best out of Kellen Acosta while he's on the field. Yes, he can do a good job of chasing sure. players down. He's got an engine. He's going to do all these things. But where he's really provided value in this national team that makes him almost indispensable when he's uh, of getting him into uh, to games at the right times is set pieces. Set pieces from wide areas, corner kicks, putting the ball in dangerous spots so that we can get the most out of other players uh, that we have on the field. And so, yeah. Uh, that's that was the, that was the only uh, thought that I, I want. I know I would, Charlie wanted something. To say. Yeah, I would I would just also say that Pfeiffer gives you something on set pieces. If we're talking about it does one of Mexico's weaknesses and, and great point and, and a huge weakness, it's set pieces. Jordan Pfeiffer is as a beast on set pieces. You throw in Walker Zimmerman, you throw in Miles Robinson, who has already scored on Mexico in the Gold Cup. You have uh, you know a number of options who can get on the end of crosses. So I like. P-Folk also starting just because he gives you that added dimension to game. And set pieces are, might win you this match in Mexico. Well, Jimmy, I think Jimmy, Jimmy, let me, few let, matches. Let me uh, say we, something. Let me ask you something, Jimmy. I want you your, your, because we talk a lot about set pieces and I don't think, I, I think some people sometimes see that as an, as an excuse to, to whatever, but for set pieces for you, right? All three of us have been in these environments before where you might go long periods without touching the ball. Right. And you need somebody that can, you know, a set piece could change everything of just the importance of how hard it can be to score away from home in world cup qualifying Jimmy for you. And then you yourself and both of you who are good on set pieces, how important that can be when things aren't going your way, just to have that threat. And the U S without Kellen Acosta hasn't really been a threat on set pieces. But when you go back to again, earlier in the summer that we've talked about gold cup nations league, what are the things that won it for us? set pieces? It wasn't because yeah. we played beautifully or played teams off the pitch It's because we got chances. We got them into dangerous positions and we had killers in the box that could finish them off. Well, yeah, I feel like in that particular instance, we're living rent free in Mexico's head. I actually feel like they get a little bit tight. They get a little bit nervous. Like here we go again, when we get a set piece, because to your point, both of our first two goals against Mexico in the Nations League final, Giorena scored off a corner kick, Weston McKinney scored off a corner kick, and then we got another set piece off of a penalty. Obviously, a, a good uh, instance where we had something happen in the run of play. We scored two run of play goals uh, in, in Cincinnati in the earlier World Cup qualifying, and then as Chuck mentioned, we had that Miles Robinson winner in the Gold Cup final in Las Vegas off of a set piece. So 
I do think that there's some vulnerabilities there in particular where we have a history of scoring set-piece goals. And I thought you were teeing me up to roll my clip against my goal because it was a set-piece as well against Mexico. But what I Des, think is interesting, and we don't have I don't it ready, know why Des doesn't have hotkeys to should, just we should be have able to, to, we should, to we roll should have that. that. I want to roll it so badly. I wish Charlie, there was a, I'm pressing an individual, invisible hey, button right now. Charlie might not know this, but Jimmy uh, – did you buy it, Jimmy, or were you gifted U.S. It? Soccer like, gave, it, gave me the rights to that clip. Yeah, he owns the rights. I to, own the right. Uh, it's an, it's it was my like, new NFT. I'm it was like hold ten it. I'm years selling. before NFTs. He was already he was already uh, <laughs> uh, own, uh, owning digital moments. Uh, yeah. Okay, so what I wanted to add also is that Weston McKinney's actually been one of our bigger threats on set pieces. Yeah, he right. hit the crossbar, had a good save in the Canada game, scored against Mexico uh, in the Nations League, just scored against Honduras in our most recent game as well. I think not having him is a big loss for us. What do you say to that, Chuck? Yeah, it's a it's a massive loss. He's he's one of the best players in Concacaf, and and we've seen how he's developed at Juventus. And I think this is a player who, you know, gives us a, a different, uh, I think, command in the midfield. You're talking about a box to box player. He wins challenges. He starts the the attacks off of transition moments, even defensively. He's just a a phenomenal presence to have. And one that really rallies the troops. Everyone loves playing with West and everyone enjoys him uh, being in the locker room. So it's a massive loss. I, I will jump in and say that Juventus, I think, missed a little Weston McKinney against uh, Villarreal in the in the Champions League in leg two. Now, he talked to me. If you're Greg Berhalter, mm -hmm. now I don't know how this would I'm, work, you know, I'm talking not, to Juventus. Yeah. But but would you have brought Weston McKinney or do you bring Weston McKinney on this trip just to be around the guys? Because as Charlie says, that he's got that presence. I mean, he could just through osmosis, maybe can hand off some of that swagger that he has and that well, confidence that, that you, I think you need to go out there. We need players that are fearless in these games. We can't have anybody be timid. If we're not going to qualify for the world cup, I want us to go down playing as hard and as confident as we possibly can. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but I don't want us to not qualify for the world cup because we're timid. I don't want that at all. What are you putting out into the atmosphere? Go down, go down, go down, go down swinging. Go down swinging. You started. It. <laughs> okay, that's fair. But yeah, I think you do bring him in. One because I think, you know, he's been in LA, so I think he's probably had access to the medical staff that is based in LA. I know some some are in Chicago as well. And you bring him in for morale. We've saw it before with Aaron Long when he was on his way back, checking in with the team, spending some time with the team. Core players, I think, should be around the team and people that have been. Uh, important parts of this qualification campaign, um, like Weston McKinney, should be in and around the team because he's a calming presence. He kind of takes the edge off. I know he's kind of a jokester. They like him in the locker room. They like him in the meal room. He's just the guy that you want around all the time, as, as, as Charlie said. It's a huge loss not to have him, but at least maybe for the Panama game, he's around. I think he's still based in the U.S. Uh, as well. It's, it's, it's an easy thing to do to bring him in, knowing what kind of respect he's earned within the team, knowing that he bounced back from his own sort of uh, controversies earlier in the qualifying campaign. I think he's he's shown a great level of leadership. So yeah, you want uh, you want you want to bring him in. Okay, and then Chuck, there's a great question here from Ryan Townsend. It says, with Busio, De La Torre, and Musa included, is there anything else that Greg Berhalter and his staff could have done to replace McKinney? My my quick answer is, well, thankfully Gio Reyna is healthy and he could fill that gap for us. What what do you say? Well, not not like for like. There's no one right, right. that does anything quite like Weston McKinney. So uh, with that being said, no. But what he's done is he's brought in midfielders who he's seen, who he he who he knows what they can bring to the to mm -hmm. the table, who who have been tested at least in, in World Cup qualifying in CONCACAF. 
you have you know Yunus Musa, who is a special talent, who is still we haven't even seen the best of yet. We've seen you know flashes here and there, but a complete comp- performance from for ninety minutes and giving us the best of what he can do in the attacking half. I think Greg has largely used him as a kind of a two way. You know, whereas at Valencia, he's playing as a winger, an attacking mm-hmm, winger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He has some defensive responsibilities, but for the most part, it's being on on the front foot. Um, you know, Luca De La Torre is one of those possession-based uh, midfielders with Gianluca Busio. Roldan is kind of like that, just run, be aggressive, fight. You know, mm-hmm. a player that is, you know, your typical, I'm just going to bring bring it and bring the energy and bring the 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 consistency. You know what you're going to get from him. nothing special, but at at times that's what's needed. Someone who's just I agree. run and be effective and and you know make those those challenges and and you know make the recover recovery runs when needed. So I think with this group, it's you're you're looking to play Tyler Adams, Yunus Musa, a uh, majority of the minutes, and and the, I think you're trying to be flexible with the third midfielder, whether it's Colin Acosta, whether it's Gio Reyna. I think it depends on, on the time, uh, the game, and the tactics. No, no, I, I appreciate those sentiments. Now, before we get to the back line and the goalkeeper, I want to remind everybody, we're trying to give away a gift card to Paramount Plus, $100 subscription. Yes, that's what we're doing here as a gift to all of you for supporting us on our very first episode of In Soccer. We trust, we salute you for hanging out with us today. Also, if you're watching from the K Golasso Podcast YouTube channel, Make sure it's a dual cast to go over to In Soccer We Trust YouTube channel. Hit subscribe on that too because we're coming to you at least three times a week talking all things U.S. soccer related. It's going to be awesome. And, of course, if you're listening to us on podcasts, hit that uh, subscribe button, five-star reviews. Going to keep giving you the good stuff with all that positive feedback. We think we're doing a pretty good job. We just got started, though. You maybe think otherwise. Let us know in the comments as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, also, there's also a big watch party happening on March 24th, Mexico versus U.S. If you live in L.A. or Kansas City or New York, go to – there's a special website for this. It is – Heath knows, but it's mm-hmm. it's Mexico Mex, – excuse me, mexuswatchparties.com. If you want to go, go there to that website, mexuswatchparties.com to RSVP. It's being presented by Paramount+. Plus. There's going to be merchandise to buy. There's going to be free food and beverages, giveaways, interactive games – and it's pretty awesome. I'm a little jealous if I can't get to one of those. I live in San Francisco, so it might be a bit of a reach for me. All right, Heath Pierce, let's talk yeah. about the back line. I'm coming to you. Now, we have Des potentially hurt. We got Aaron Long into the team. He's back to being full health, looking pretty sharp for the New York Red Bulls. We got Eric Palmer Brown, who is re-emerged back into the national team scene. He's only got two caps overall. I guess he was going to get called into the Gold Cup, but something happened, and I think that would have been a good opportunity. We saw a couple other players make their name in the Gold Cup, most notably Miles Robinson, Matt Turner. Could have been Eric Palmer Brown, but here he is in our most important qualifying window to date. Who do you start in the back line? I think Anthony Robinson's the lock. Sergio Dest, if he's healthy, is the lock, but if, let's say he's not. Who's your center backs? Who's your outside backs? Hit me up. Uh, I... <sighs> I am probably going to go with Walker Zimmerman and Aaron Long. 
Greg likes Aaron Long. I think Aaron Long can be trusted. I think he's had a great start to the season, uh, a Red Bull team that most people have written off. Uh, even the coach was saying they need reinforcements or they weren't going to be competitive, but, and he's been very, very good. Okay, well, 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 well. Jimmy, uh, Miles Robinson has not been good. I get that, but there's something about rapport, right? I mean, Miles Robinson and Walker Zimmerman know how they move together as a partnership in high-pressure situations, and Long and Zimmerman don't, and I think – that needs to be taken into consideration, but continue. I, I, I agree, but but I don't I, – the last games that I saw from Robinson, it didn't a- actually look like he was on the same page. He wasn't having his best, uh, his best performance in those ones, and he hasn't started the season off, particularly at the level that we saw going back to the fall and, and even last summer. And so I worry about that. And Aaron Long is one that I think is a pretty predictable style of play as well. Uh, not too different, very athletic than Robinson, very athletic – but also brings a lot more experience to the table. And I think what this will be is a huge, a huge challenge uh, in, in this first game. And so I'm going with him and then, which is fine if, if you don't like it. Um, and then at, at right back, this is where I'm the most confused. When I think about the fact that we have Joe Scally, we have, well, not Joe Scally, but we, in theory, uh, Reggie Cannon and DeAndre Yedlin as opportunities to play there. DeAndre Yedlin's again, the one that I'm, I trust the most, but at the same time, you know, we haven't. I haven't gotten enough looks of Reggie Cannon as as of late to to to, to write him off in that as right. well. I think he's playing right. at a, a more competitive level. I think he's got more upside. And so that's where I'm really the most confused as to who who I put into that spot if Dest is not available. I guess if I had to choose one gun to the head right now, I would go with probably DeAndre Yedlin. Well, I, I don't think that's a bad shout. Even though he he left Turkey to come back to MLS, he's playing in Inter Miami. Inter Miami. Uh, I don't know how to say this play. They're not very good. I think that's the best way to say it. But he's getting minutes. He's going to get sharp no matter where he's playing as long as he's out there making good decisions in in pressured situations. Now, Charlie has clearly lost his sunlight, everybody. He looks like he's in the witness protection program, and I appreciate that, Charlie, David. (laughs) But uh, tell me who your back four is, Chuck. I mean, who who are you going with? Do you agree with Heath? Do you make any changes? Let us know. Uh, yeah, I mean, for the Mexico match, I don't think Serginho Dest will be able to to play, um, w- given he has a hamstring strain, whether it's uh, severe or mild. Um, so I think he's going to go with Reggie Cannon because I think that's who he favors at this point. I think Reggie Cannon now has had a run of games. He's fit. Uh, when you have 100% match fitness, that makes a difference as right back. And you're talking about altitude. You know what you're going to get from defensively, you know, you probably won't need him to do too much attacking. He's going to be really reliable for playing on the counter and not letting, you know, some of the Mexican wingers get in behind. Mm-hmm. So I think Serginho, uh, Reggie Cannon replaces Serginho Dest at right back. Center back, I know he, he does um, value Aaron Long, but I think it, he probably hasn't had enough time um, to, to play at this point. You know, Miles Robinson hasn't been at his best. I think he'll go with Miles and Walker Zimmerman, just like you said, because of the pair. They, they understand each other. They've played together a number of times. Um, not that Aaron Long and, and Zimmerman haven't, but it, it's been a while. And then at left back, Jedi. You know, you, yeah. you, you're yeah. going to go with Anthony Robinson. That, for me, is probably um, your best bet at what the back line is going to be. And why don't you guys take a walk on the wild side once in a while, you know? Take a little walk on the wild side, you know? Wait, no, I, I think that Yedlin will start, actually. I think he's going to go with experience there. I, I do like that Reggie Cannon's been playing more regularly. And I, he, like I mentioned at the start of the show, in his last 10 games for Boa Vista, they haven't lost any of those 10 games. And I think there's something to be said for that type of mentality, even though eight of them have been draws. Boa Vista are Boa Vista. They don't necessarily have that attacking prowess that I'm sure Reggie Cannon would love to have on his team. But they are still... 
tough to beat. And, and that includes some of the biggest teams in Portugal. So I like that. But Yedlin has that experience. And because he played against Mexico twice over the last year and we won both of those games, I, I think that matters a little bit. Very similar. I, I think Aaron Long is maybe where Greg might go. But Miles Robinson and then that rapport, I think, is super, super important. Then, of course, Jedi on the other side. But uh, again, I just want players that are going to go out there and go for it and just be fearless and, you know, F, F the haters or whatever the phrase is there. So, goalkeeper, are we all on the same page for Zach Steffen before we get to our final thoughts on our first yes. ever show? Yes. Zach yes. Steffen for you? Yeah, Zach Steffen for me as well, even though he is back on the bench but uh, hasn't played a meaningful game since February 5th, which was a 4 1 FA Cup win over Fulham. Well, guys, this is it. We're here at the, the finish line. But guess what? Because we're coming at you so much, we're going again tomorrow, everybody. Mm -hmm. So make sure you join us for that. But final thoughts, Charlie Davies, I will come to you. Final thoughts about anything that you want to talk about U.S. soccer related or as it pertains to this roster. Yeah, um, I'm just excited for this team to get back out there. Um, I really believe that they have what it takes to qualify. Um, you know, I, we've we've come to this point before. But I feel like this is a young group. Um, they're ready to turn the page. And and once they qualify, then we're not going to be talking about 2018 ever again. Right. We've, we've learned from that. We've got to move forward. And for me, yeah, this is a group. You, you have Christian Pulisic. You brought Jordan Pifak in. Whether he's going to start against Mexico or you're going to start him against Panama, he's going to play in this camp. That's that's a that's a fact. You, you don't call him in if he's not going to play. He's, 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 he's fit. He's scoring goals. He's in form. The U.S., have had uh, Ricardo Pepe at times be that guy, but you need a striker. You need someone who you can depend on, who's going to be consistent. If that's going to be him because he's doing it with this club, typically that's going to translate for you uh, on the pitch with the U.S. Women's National Team. And now it's just getting used to how Christian Pulisic plays and the runs he makes. And whether it's Gio Reyna or, or Timothy Weah, just making sure that you're always in the box and you understand kind of the tendencies of, of their deliveries. So I think for me, this group is set. Uh, I think Mexico is going to set the tone for, for the rest of the game. So it's a, it's, it's a massive, massive and, match, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. I just want to throw out there, beating Mexico four straight times, is especially going to Azteca to make it happen, is going to be a challenge. And I think it's a good challenge. As all the things that Charlie said, I'm not trying to say this is a negative. I'm saying this is going to be a nice test for this group. And, and if anything, whatever the result is, it's going to make us super sharp for that Panama game, which we all know is the utmost of importance. Uh, Heath, final thoughts from you. Yeah, I would say that, you know, beating Mexico twice is historic. Beating Mexico three times is historic, you know, and we, we figured each time was going to be that turning point where Mexico takes it, uh, uh, is tired of taking it on the chin. And so this is going to be another one of those that you expect Mexico to come out a certain way. My final thoughts are earlier, there was a question about Jordan Pifak. Is the Swiss league any good? Uh, it doesn't matter whether it's good or not. He's on a team that's not doing that well right now. And he continues to score goals. It doesn't matter. Like if, if, if you went to go the play, champions league too, yeah. that's if you went league. to go, if you went to go play at, at the collegiate level, it's still very hard to score goals. It's hard to score goals. It's very, very hard to score goals. And he's doing it consistently against a number of different opponents, teams, circumstances, things like that. So you can't write that off whatsoever. Coaching and change my, as well. Coaching change as well uh, of having the comforts of David Wagner, uh, no longer there. Uh, and continues to still score goals. He's he's in peak form right now, which you got to give credit to. The other thing I would say is, again, that 24th date of, of the watch parties, I'm going to be at the one in LA. It's limited uh, capacity. It's Here limited capacity at all of them, so make sure that you sign up and you RSVP on that link. It's first come, first serve. So if you're going to get there, it's at the soccer roof in New York. It's at the Power and Light in Kansas City in LA. It's at uh, House of Football 
in Highland Park. So if you want to come join me for that, I'll be sort of like itching my myself uh, throughout the game, just kind of scratching my arm, <laughs> nervous, you what know, like really, yourself? like you know, just nervously scratching myself throughout the game. I might not be that social, but I will uh, have a couple drinks in hand, and I'll and I'll be having a good time. Wow. So uh, come out and join me. The fun and happy Hollywood Heath Pierce. That would be. I wish I could be in LA just for that, especially when he's itching himself. I want to know more about that. Scratching. Sorry, guys. I know that makes that changes the tone when you say itching versus scratching, but. All right, my final thoughts, everybody, outside of thanking you for joining us for our first ever episode of In Soccer We Trust. Is to remind you, we have another show tomorrow here on our live or YouTube channel. It's going to be live. Make sure you find the link in the description to make sure you subscribe to that, hit like, and all that good stuff. We're going to kick it off at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to talk about, I think, one of the big topics, because we're getting a lot of questions of it in the comments, so we'll talk about it and address it tomorrow, is the relationship between John Brooks and Greg Berhalter. We might even throw Tim Ream into that equation now since Aaron Long and Eric Palmer Brown are back in the team as our center backs. Over two very experienced players, and some argue we might need some experience to qualify for this World Cup in this upcoming window. So that is it. So on behalf of our producer, Des Norris, Charlie Davies, and Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Conrad saying thank you again for listening to In Soccer We Trust, and we'll see you hey, next time. Jimmy, wait, one last time. Don't sign off, Des. Listen, we won't be dual streaming all the time, so make sure you are subscribed to In Soccer We Trust, the channel itself. We're not going to do this all the time with both these channels, so if you want to be part of this, come on over. Join us. Sorry, Jimmy. I, I had to say that. You know I what? I was worried. You know, <laughs> I love I it. Worried. I love it. We're a team here. Yeah. We're a team. Thank you, everybody. Later.